Anybody else struggle with what to call your, your spouse or significant other? No. Besides their name, like a cute little nickname? You call your slave? Slick? Slick? <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's got their thing, right? Leah and Elise, can I say how much you guys bless my heart? Like, just watching. Um, you know, there's love that there's love that we have with our friends, right? Everybody's got that, and friends come and go, and uh, you know, it seems like you think you have this friend that's there, and then all of a sudden, bang, something stupid stirs up, and you no longer have a friend anymore. So my prayer is that the enemies stay out from betwixt you. That you, two, that you two always know how much God loves you both. And it's that union with God that brings you two together. That you two can be strength for one another when you need it. Right? Support and storms and all that stuff. You know, friends and family mean the world. Tina, watching you worship this morning, I could see that spot. That place where you went from just singing along. You're a beautiful person. Know that, that you've been delivered. You've been delivered from hell. No longer, no longer are you that, that person. No longer. It's not, it's not you. And it's God and you're his little girl. And like Papa is so happy. He's like, gosh, I've been wanting her to dance with me. I've been wanting her to share her life with me. I've always been right here, but dang little turd monkey, she just keeps running. And she just like, won't stop. Like, just, just stop it, my little girl. And so he's happy to have you park on his lap for a while for the rest of your life. Amen. <laughs> just, you know, and, and so we, we listen to those, those songs. And I always talk about worship because worship means a lot to me. Worship softens my heart, and I can feel the spirit moving in here today. It just softens us. And, and to be softened to the truth of God is such a beautiful gift, such a beautiful blessing, right? But we also guard ourselves with the power and prayer of God, the Father, amen, that when our hearts are being softened and molding into his, into his likeness, into his presence, and all these things, that we have this... Do you guys know that we actually have a hedge of protection around us? Amen. That the body of Christ, his beloved sons and daughters, have a hedge of protection around us. We are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that gives us this holy anointing to fight the enemy. But so many of us want to poke our heads outside of the hedge of protection, right? <laughs> I don't know why I got this. I was just thinking about... Uh, Ace Ventura, was it, pet detective, when he was in the rhino? <laughs> I see him poke his head out. But <laughs> and we do that. It's like, why, why do you do that? Why do you, why do you walk out of the covering of God? Why do you walk out of the blessing of God? I do it. And it's, it's so silly. It's so silly. You know, we're... Uh, we're in the, in the season of Advent. And so last week, 
Last week we lit the hope candle, right? And we talked about hope a little bit. Faith is things hoped for and not yet seen. So this week, we light the faith candle. So in school, we're taught to know things, right? We're taught about history, we're taught about this, we're taught about that, and, and that's just it. You are forced to believe whatever is being brought to you, right? And so that becomes your education, that becomes your, your wealth or your bank of knowledge. That which your entire life is based on a lot is what we learn in school. So, some people talk about the conspiracy theorists who, who wonder if uh, anybody ever landed on the moon. Anybody hear that? Or how about the flat earth people? You ever hear the flat earth people who think that the world is flat? So some things we just have to take. If you never leave Portage, how do you know that the earth is round? You learned it somewhere and you came to believe, be a belief in you, right? Well, what's the difference between knowing and, and having faith? What's the difference in it? Do you guys just take me for my word and then move on and say, well, pastor said it, it must be true. Is that how we roll? Because what's that feeling that comes upon you in the midst of worship? What's that feeling that that's comes upon you when and if you're ever in the Word of God? Right, we start to build and grow our faith by things that we see and things that we hope for, and then all of a sudden we, we, start this, uh, we start to be able to count all the things that happened and came about in our world, and we, we grow our faith by the, by the testimony and the tests and trials and victories in our life, amen? And so today is... Today we, we celebrate faith, and we have faith in a God that we've never seen. Some people may look at me and say I'm a little old, but I wasn't around near Jesus' time. Henry was not, Shar was not, yeah? But yet they walk in faith that Jesus really was. And if Jesus really was, then we have faith in all the things that he said. And that last song, Spirit Lead Me, is about faith. If you say release, I'm letting go. So what are you holding on to in this season? What is inhibiting your growth? What is inhibiting your ability to reach your arms out and receive the fullness of God? What is it? Because if we sing the song and we say, if you say release, then I'm letting go, then what if we let go? What if you let go of the stuff, the burdens, the things that you've carried for years? What if in this season, just try it? Just try it a little bit longer. Just try it for this season. Give it until Christmas. Till when the world celebrates the birth of Christ and see what comes. See what God does to just not pick up the ugly, the thoughts, the things, but rather receive Christ with fullness, right? 
So we're excited about what's coming. We're excited about the fulfillment of all the promises in his word. That's exciting. We should be a people that are living life to the nth. Burdens come and try and knock us down, but faith shoots us right back up, right? You ever see the little, remember the little punch dummies and they're weighted on the bottom and you could slam the thing as hard and it just pop back up? Why aren't we like that? Like the world wants to just knock you upside your head, knock you down. Well, my faith in God tells me that I'm more than all the lies and all the garbage that the world's trying to tell me. So today we celebrate faith. We also celebrate communion. So if I could have our helpers come on up. And uh, our only requirement for communion, as I say all the time, is just a belief in Jesus Christ, that he is the risen Lord and Savior of our lives. And that makes everything. Oops. Sorry, Henry. I don't take that as anything other than, other than one of our elders eager to serve the community. It's a beautiful thing. Who's got a testimony to the goodness of God? Anybody got, got something you want to share that would tell of the goodness of God that would help any of us to understand or believe in Christ? Anybody? That saddens me. Because God is so good. You woke me up this morning to do some of his kingdom work, so it's a very big blessing. Right? Amen. How many of you guys are sitting upright and breathing today? Yep. Okay. Because some of you are acting like your dad up in here. Is that, is that or is that not a blessing? What's that, Terry? I said, I'll share it. Okay. This year has been a very tough year for me. Um, I've never been this busy so many times in my life. But he's always there to pick me back up and help me go along, and he's never left me. Amen. Um, I feel like I, I don't know I don't feel like this leads me to God so that's why I didn't want to share something but I feel like uh, probably one of the bigger uh, miracles uh, I think that I will have encountered thus far in, in my uh, relationship with God is, is actually at the end of the year uh, was being able to, um, I think everyone went on vacation period. Um, and being in real estate, sorry, I'm getting choked up. Um, being in real estate, <clears throat> like, I obviously am quite aware of what that home or houses and uh, buildings are worth. That's what I do. And um, I think a lot of times it leaves you a little bit skeptical uh, and lacking in faith. Um, 
And so I would say at the end of this month, uh, it is probably in my 45 years, it'll be one of the biggest miracles that I've, that I've seen uh, as far as what God will do. Um, you know, when, when they had asked for a 20% down, I thought, oh, brother. Uh, and, you know, obviously watched Fred saying, oh, we'll just raise this money. Sorry. And my little pessimistic is like, dude, let's get real here. <laughs> Some fucking people believe in your head, but I don't. <laughs> Praise so God. I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'll share it on, on Facebook, you know, and, and whatnot. And then I uh, have watched people who don't even really attend this church and just believe in ministry, uh, you know, tithe and, and give money towards that, and uh, being on the other side of it, so um, like six months ago, when the Southern Baptist uh, came to us with the opportunity, I looked into a church alone, and so there was just all of these things stacking up in my head. Uh, we, we weren't a big enough church uh, to be able to get a loan ourselves, it would have had to be on Friday night to purchase this building. And I, so praise God for my mom. Uh, and so when she was having her surgery, invariably one of the pastors, I might screw up this story, but this is the way I remember it. Uh, <laughs> so they came to my mom and wanted to pray with her, and the guy was like, you know, do you, do you, where do you go to church and yada yada? And he's like, oh, I think I know of a place that might be willing to to do this, you know. And that's when it all all started. One prayer request. And uh, so I look at these things of, <laughs> Amen. Uh, it's it's affordable. It's a church that even it's not even the same denomination, but they believe in the mission. And they want the, the word of God continue to be spread out. And so I would say in my little, uh, you know, 45 years of life, it is probably one of the biggest miracles. Um, they're willing to do a land contract with us. I mean, it's just everything. Uh, so it, it, it is super, super cool. And it shows the goodness of God in my life. Amen. Amen.
It's incredible, and you know, today's message is going to talk a little bit more about it, but you know, closing is scheduled for December 30th um, for us to have our own church home, one that finally won't be able to be taken away from us. Amen. You know. We do need muscle and a lot of help. Yeah, but I want to say thank you to everybody who believes in the mission here at Torn. I want to say thank you to everybody who's answered the call and, and been able to give. I want to say thank you to everybody who's prayed into this. Like it all adds up. It all is, the, you know, it all is to the fulfillment of what God is doing. And, and this, is, this is our next step. So, Sarah, it's not a little thing. You don't have a little way of thinking. You're not small in any way, shape, or form. You are the most incredible gift I've ever received in my life absolutely a miracle and i'm sorry that i don't always remember that you're my miracle i should listen to your father more right who's always talking about his bride no matter what she does or what she says or how she acts he's like this is my gift from god and we witness that yeah that you will listen to henry ford <laughs> you got, you got 35 witnesses All right, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> but I just want to say thank you to everybody, and it's, it's no small feat, and so why do we, why would we celebrate Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? Why would we celebrate communion, right? It's just a little thing. It's nothing, right? No. It's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. You know, you go on Facebook, and some people are, you know, they show, you see these pictures, or these little reels, and Somebody gives a hundred dollars and they're like, woohoo, look at me, I gave a hundred dollars to this poor guy. Woohoo! You know, just giving you a blessing, bro. Right? And they, they celebrate. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But if a hundred dollars is worth a 30-second reel, what is the life of Christ worth? Priceless. It's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. And we need to remember that. Like, in all situations. And it's the love of Christ that's poured out through the body and blood, through the believers of Christ that have the power to transform lives. Like, you guys are so valuable when you receive Jesus Christ. You're transformed from the old lies into the new truth, the new way, into a new life. Amen? And that's what Jesus died for, because he sees, God sees your value. And so every time we take communion, we receive Christ. It's not just a reminder, it's the body and it's the blood. It's what it says in the word of God. And I'll say it again, and I'll say it every time probably, that I'm not smart enough. And thank God that I'm not smart enough to be one of those people that tears the word apart and Oh, well, this is that, and it certainly can't mean that this is the blood of Jesus. It can't. I just want to walk in faith. That's my hope, is that I can spend my life in faith, and I don't ever have to be so smart that I dissect what Jesus was thinking 2,000 years ago. I can hardly come up with a good explanation for the things that I do on my own 
20 minutes ago, yeah? yeah. Right, like what in the Sam Giddyup were you thinking? Right, like holy smokes. I can't believe myself some days. But thank God that I can believe Jesus always in everything. Because he, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His grace and his love for us is the same yesterday as it was 2,000 years ago as it'll be till the end of our lives whenever he calls us home. Amen? Amen. And so it was on the night in which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was to be betrayed. He sat down and he knew that he was going to die. He knew what was coming. But because of the joy set before him, because of the gift that he knew he was giving by his death, he found joy. He found joy in leaving this world so that you can have joy, that you can have joy, that you can have joy and peace. So we take this, his body, and we receive it with thanks as he did. And he blesses it as he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he said, take and eat, this is my body given for you. And he took the cup, he blessed it, and he gave thanks, and he said, take and drink, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant shed for you, do this in remembrance of me. And we like to sing the doxology, so if you would please with me, sing this. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he, he is so good. I just, I can't get over it. I, I am blown away. Like, I knew that God would provide for us a home. Never knowing what it would look like. You know, God has a much bigger vision for Torn than just a building. But it's going to require you all. It's going to require you all to participate. Do you understand the full power, the saving power of the gospel message of Jesus Christ? Do you understand that? Go ahead, yes or no? Do you understand the fullness of it? Like, what the gospel message is, what does it mean? Like, this means something to us. There is no way that you and I should act like dead parishioners. We should be so jacked up and excited, just <laughs> ready to raise the roof off of this place. Like this white western church thing that we do. I don't get it necessarily because to me, to me, it's not living a celebratory life all the time. Like I just want to say, amen! Hallelujah! People are like, dude, simmer down, man. You're like a freak. Like, just knock it off, bro. I'm like, what? 
I just want to celebrate Jesus. Yeah, but you did it out loud. Absolutely I did. But even I find myself like, how many of you guys can walk around Walmart looking for that one thing or whatever your store of choice is? And you're like, where in the same heck did they move it? Right, Walmart just did this, this renovation and things are all over the place. And how many of you guys take a second to pray and then you find what you're looking for? Why not? Why not? Most of us will run around the store for 10 minutes trying to find one of those Walmart folks. Dude, hey. And then they go, what? I don't think we sell that. It's like, look, dude, I'm talking about Coffee Mate Creamer Hazelnut, bro. We sell it here. Let's go. Where is it? Where did you guys move it to? Whatever the deal is. And then it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, if you get the, the one that will take you to where you need to be, you're like, oh, cool. Or you happen to stumble upon it, you're like, man, that's awesome. Well, what would happen if you were a person that was committed to prayer and you said, hey, God, where is that stuff? Help me to find this, Lord. Or how many of you guys have had struggles finding things on the shelf that you normally get and all of a sudden it's not there? Like it was there last week, it ain't there this week, and I don't know what, what the deal is. And then you find it and you're like, oh, cool. Well, what would happen if instead of, oh, cool, we went, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Can we give props to pops in the, in the midst of just the silliest little things? We talked about it last week, uh, mourning people and those who are and those who aren't. And I'm a morning person. I love it. I love to get up every day. Some people not so much. Like, I don't know if waking up at 1 o'clock in the afternoon is any better than waking up at 5 in the morning. But my day gets pretty short. If I'm, if I'm in bed past 8 o'clock, I might as well go back to bed and spend the whole day there because I wasted so much time. I feel like I'm behind. I'm like frantic all day long. Ah! Like I, I'm just a morning person. There's so many times in my life and in my days that I wake up in the middle of the night and I thank God and I'll lay my hand on my wife, reach over, I'll just say thank you, Lord. Bless her today. And I'll roll back over and go to sleep or lay there and pray for people like, there's power in this thing. Have you ever just surprised somebody and shown up where they didn't think you'd be? You pop in on them and they're like, man, I'm so glad you came. You ever do that? Does anybody do that anymore? Like just pop in and love up on somebody for a minute. There's power in the gospel. There's power in the gospel. There's power in the gospel because the gospel calls us to love God and love our neighbor. Yeah? And somehow in this crazy, messed up thing we call this world, we don't do that all the time anymore. Right? Like it's, well, I don't want to inconvenience. So, well, who said you had to stay all day? Right? Well, I'm in the middle of something. That's great. I just stopped over to say hi, tell you I love you. I was thinking about you. Can we do that anymore?
because you really do have a calling. In this crazy, crazy world, in all these lies that you've been told your entire life, you have a calling, you have a purpose. And it is to love God and love your neighbor. But somehow we allow the world to tell us that we're not good enough and somehow we're fighting what God has told us to do. And we're not doing the very things that God has called us to do. And now it's just normal to not stop. Now it's just normal to, to not inconvenience somebody. Well, what happened before the cell phone? That thing, it's convenient, but man, it's tearing our world apart. This technology where we just go thinking of you, praying for you. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. I don't want to inconvenience people all the time or ever. I like, man, they're always so busy. I feel like I'm interrupting. Well, once upon a day, you'd drive 20 miles to the neighbor on the other side of town or out in the country, and you'd say, hi. Once upon a day, you invited people over for dinner, and you had, you had a meal together. We have some friends who invited Sarah and I over for dinner on Friday night, and it's so weird. Like, I'm almost nervous about it. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, what, are we going to have to talk? Like, what's going And when we, we've gotten together, we've seen each other, we saw each other last week at the restaurant, and it was, we talked for like an hour. The restaurant was closed, and we talked to them. It's like, so no big deal, right? But we just don't do it as often. I love, I love family dinners when I was a kid. It was the only time that we ever really got together. We had meals at night, but Sunday was, was a roast or some, some kind of substance. And whether you liked it or not, you dang well better show your face, right? Like if you are not here, I will beat the brakes off of you, son. Yeah? And mom, mom made sure. But we're losing something in our culture. And I think... I think the biggest thing we're losing is God. We're losing his word, we're losing, we're losing all these things and we're, we're filling it back in with whatever, whatever the world tells us. And I don't know that that's necessarily good because as soon as you and I lose the ability to love our neighbor, we're kind of losing everything and you find a lot of people out there in the streets just running along by themselves when if they maybe had somebody to love them and actually show that they could care, maybe they could come out of the things they're coming in, right? Like it's almost offensive to say, bro, I see what you're doing, man, and it's, I know it's killing you. I love you and I just want you to know when you're ready to quit, I'm right here. I don't know, I look back at my addiction and I, and I struggle with, I struggle with finding a time in my life when somebody had the audacity to tell me that I'm worth more than what I'm drinking, more than what I'm snorting, more than what I'm smoking. And I don't even know how I would have taken it if they would have. I'd like to think that, that I had an opportunity or if I was given that opportunity, I would have taken it, but I don't know. You know so, so we really do have a calling and, and Torn Ministries is, is called to minister to the love of God Christ to the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. Yeah? When Jesus said in his word that the doctor did not come for those who are well, but the doctor comes for those who are sick. 
And so we're torn between trying to be so pretty that, that we can't, you know, like elevate ourselves to be better than, but what if we took the posture of Jesus Christ and we went below everybody, right? What if we came underneath and didn't hold ourselves up here, but brought ourselves here? But in order to do that, we have to realize who we are in Christ and that we have a mission that once we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, once we take him as our savior, things change. Something changes in us and we are given the gift of value, given the gift of purpose. We are worth something, right? And so we're called to reach out, to reach out to our neighbors, to love our neighbors. So outreach is not as much a corporate program as it is an individual priority. And by outreach, I mean, like, what are we doing out in the streets? As a church, we're called to do that, but as individuals, we're called to do that. As individuals, we're called to reach our hands out. If God didn't want you to hug and love your neighbor, he'd have given you little arms or, or none, right? Does that make sense? Like, why did God give us arms that reach? Why did he give us hearts that feel? Why did he give us words that speak and ears to hear? Why? And so, yeah, we're doing it corporately as a church, but we need to start doing it individually. Outreach is a divine partnership between God and each of his children. We can't do outreach without God, and God has chosen not to do it without us. Amen? So understanding that, that we each have a circle or a sphere of influence and that we can make a difference in the world, it's not about putting butts in the seat. God's taking care of that. God is doing it. As Sarah said, the major contributors to helping us move into the next place don't even go to church here. But they see the ministry that God has called us to do and they want to partner in some way. But will we partner? Will we do what God is calling? Are we willing to? So what if you have a, don't have a thousand bucks to throw into the kitty? Who cares? I don't give a dang. Because that love of Christ is, what did we define his value as? Priceless. Priceless. So therefore, the love of Christ in you is what? Therefore, tell me, what value are you to the ministry of the gospel? Priceless. And you better get it straight. You've got to start coming to this point of understanding what Jesus died for. He believes in you. And your belief in him helps you to rise up and do something that you wouldn't have done otherwise. Something that maybe you've wanted to do but never did. You really do have a calling to share the gospel message with everyone. Everyone. If Christians in America were Christians who have been empowered by the gospel through the teaching of the word, the churches would be busting at the seams. And I've apologized because we preach a coward's gospel so oftentimes, one that doesn't teach of the power of the Holy Spirit, one that doesn't teach of the love of Jesus Christ, one that doesn't encourage us to get up out of our seats and do something we've never done before. 
right? But maybe being a little bit scared, maybe being a little bit nervous makes you put your faith in something greater than you. Amen? And so why do we celebrate faith? Why do we celebrate hope? We have hope and faith that we might be something more than we were, that this Jesus Christ is not only about my salvation, but the salvation of others, and not only salvation, but me walking out and being and doing something that I never thought I could do before. I've expressed it many times that, man, I never, never thought I would be a pastor. I got severe stage fright. You know, like the shaky voice and the, I think I got a pee thing. You know, that, oh, and yet here I go. I never dreamed that I would do this. 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. What does that sound like? So first off, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom to preach the word. How are you going to learn the word? How much of the word do you need to know to tell somebody Jesus loves them? How much? He's, okay. I don't mind helping. I still stumble, man. You tell me some of those old books in the Old Testament that you very rarely go to, or some of the prophets, like the little ones. It's like, where are you? I know you're here somewhere. I struggle. I ain't going to lie. So how much of the gospel do you need to know to preach the good news of Jesus Christ? But yet, one of the things that we hear is like, well, I just don't know enough. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, what's not to get? How can I help you to understand the gospel so that you can tell your story of how Jesus has saved and changed your life? Amen? Like, what is keeping some of us sober? What is keeping us from, some of us from not knocking the teeth out of people? What's helping to calm our anger? What's helping to calm our frustration? What's helping to make us rise up in the morning? What's helping us to do the next right thing? What is it? Jesus. Right? I love hearing that. And so, but not enough to leave it open. Um, I mean, I want to. I want to go. What? What's stopping us? Can anybody tell me what stops you from sharing the greatest news ever? 
Rejection. Anxiety, rejection, fear. So what does that tell us about us? Like where we are. But why? See, here's the thing. Like putting together the gospel into our lives and receiving it in fullness and understanding that it is Christ, not us. See, these things of fear and anxiety, those things are of the flesh and not of the spirit. Amen? Like the spirit gives us the words to speak to people, but, but yet we're able to hold conversations with people, right? Like we, if, if and when we go to a friend's or if and when we're texting people, we have conversations, yeah? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the greatest thing you got? Absolutely. Oh, most definitely. So what stops us? Like I've said before, if we get something new, we get a new car, we get a new whatever, we, we see something happen, we're not afraid to tell people. So if we believe and we walk by the Spirit, then we should have that faith and we should have that courage to speak that out. So, so it's really a relational thing that, that's between us and God, right? Like we have to get to that place where we understand fully how much Jesus actually loves us and how new we are, how renewed by his spirit we actually are. There shouldn't be a fear because if it's if it truly is the power of life or death, like if we believe that having having Christ saves and not having Christ kills, right? Then why would we not? How much do we actually believe the value of our friends and our family that we wouldn't tell them about the greatest thing? Yeah? Like, I want my friends and family, I want everybody that I know and people that I don't even know yet, I want them to be saved, man. I want to see us all dancing, kicking up our feet and having a beautiful time, singing to God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, and the whole world is filled with his glory. Right? Like, how beautiful would that be? How beautiful would that be to see the streets of Portage and Columbia County and Sauk County and Dane County starting to get cleaned up because we started something that God was telling us to do? How beautiful would it be to see one week without somebody dying of an overdose? How beautiful would it be to see that column in the paper cleaned up, right? Maybe just a little smaller this week or next week or in, in six months or whatever but to start to see things happening. How beautiful would it be to see the papers and the news start getting filled up with positive things? Like this crazy little church in Portage gathered with all the other churches in Portage and they fed everybody. They literally made meals and they walked to every door in town and they handed out a meal for the families. Is that crazy? What's crazy? What would it look like if we actually had the audacity to pray for people? I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, 
Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. How are you ready in season and out of season? Do you have to study enough? Romans 12, 2. Be renewed by the reading of the word, by the renewing of your mind through the reading of the word and meditation. Yeah? So should we not be in that place of having that time of meditation and having that time of prayer and reading the scriptures daily? How much time? I don't know. How much time does it take? Because I bet you donuts to dollars that if you start something and you get to that point where you are actually doing it, not just to do it, but to meet God in the pages of that word, that you will find your five minutes that you started with are not going to be enough. You're going to want more. How do I squeeze more out of my day? I don't know. I make time for all the other stuff in my world. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming. Now, what does this sound like? When people will not endure sound teaching. People aren't hearing the right thing, right? Like we're confused about this whole gender dysphoria and all these other things going on in the world. When our children are being born and yet they need to pee in a litter box. Do we really, have we really come to the point where we think that our kids are cats and dogs? Really? Really? What are we coming to? When does it all stop? There are people not just having sex changes, but they're having sex neutralizing, and they're removing their genitals altogether, both male and female, and basically sewing a patch with some way to urinate because they don't want to endure the pressure of having to be a man or a woman. Does that sound like sound teaching? But what's our response in the church? So far, it's pretty quiet. And I don't know that we necessarily need to go tell people they're going to burn in hell for this stuff. But I think that if we learn to show the love and grace of Jesus Christ to a nation and a world and a people that so need to know that they're loved, we might just be able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, help them to understand that there's something going on here, that it's okay, I understand, you know. You might think that my addiction to drugs is any different than your addiction to not knowing what in the same heck is going on, but we're of the same thing. It's of the work of the devil and not the work of the Lord that is bringing chaos and calamity to a world and we're falling. But it's the church that has to help rise up and raise up people. We have to start loving people ridiculously because it's just not sound. It's not sound teaching. Five, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. To know who we are speaking to, God, is to know who we are speaking God to, is to know what he is calling us to do and willingness to do it. So to know we are speaking of God, to know who God is in us, to know what God is calling us to, So if God is speaking to me, and I know that, right? So we all celebrate. Anybody in here not ever felt God's presence or his love? 
Do we have any new, new folks maybe? Have you ever seen the difference between the light and the dark? Have you ever seen somebody come to know God and watch the difference in them, right? And to know, to know that's from God, like the goodness, like I spent my whole life and all of a sudden something changed and people are talking about this God thing and I can feel it and I can see it and I can sense it. Now I have this knowledge and understanding of God through the testimony of others through my own life as well. And now I want to do what God is calling me to do. So knowing God allows me and gives me this willingness to do what God is calling me to do. Does that make sense? And so if I'm not having this desire, this willingness, this preparedness to speak the word of God, then maybe I need to check myself because I might be tore up from the floor up. I might be a train wreck that hasn't happened yet. And I need to figure out how to get myself into the presence, into the move of God, into the move of the Holy Spirit. And that's done through prayer, meditation, reading of the word, right? Like Pastor Fred ain't going to save you. I'm not, but Jesus Christ will, right? But we have to start recognizing that <laughs> there's a quote coming up that I really love that I, that I want you to check out. So 2 Timothy 4, 6 and 7 says, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And so this is Paul. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. How many of you guys want to wear that crown of righteousness? How many of you guys long for the day? Like, I, I remember when I first got saved, I couldn't wait. I was like, all right, God, you can kill me now. I'm ready to go. And God said, I didn't send my son so that you could die. I sent my son so that you could live. But, you know, I want to I get to the end of this thing called life, and I want to know that I did what God has called me to do. I want to hear that well done, good and faithful servant I want to hear that. I want to hear, I want to hear God say, man, Fred, you did such a good job. Thank you. And how beautiful to put on a crown. How beautiful to put on a crown ordained with jewels. To celebrate with everybody else who's given their life to Christ. Right? And we're all gathered up. I just can't imagine how beautiful that day will be. But to know that God has saved me genuinely is to know that I have been called, genuinely known that I have been called to do something greater than just sit around and do nothing. Amen? Amen. Do you make it a priority in your life to reach out and to be the hands and feed of Christ to the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely? Do you make it a priority? And sorry for the typing, but is that something that you do? What does it mean? If not, then why not? Complacency produces terminal inaction for churches. What has killed the churches in America and what is killing the churches around the world? 
Yeah, we're oftentimes lazy. Like, you'll hear me say, and I've, I've told it to our elders, I don't give a rip or and stinky do about filling these seats. I don't care. I do not give a dang. And that is a God's honest truth. And, and if you'd like to know why, I don't care. Because it's not my concern. It's not my concern. What is my concern in this whole thing called the gospel? It's to love my neighbor as Christ loved the church, right? Acts 2.47 says, and God added to their numbers daily. So that says that it's God's job to fill these seats in this church. I don't care. But if I don't preach a gospel that helps move your feet to do what God is calling you to do, that's on me. If I don't preach a gospel that calls you to love one another, that's on me. How you receive it, that's on you. So we all have our role, we all have our call, and mine is not to fill these seats. I don't care. I don't care if Torn ever becomes the mega church. You know what my dream is? My dream, and if you see the plan for Torn Church, what God has shown me is to greater serve the community. To greater serve the least, the last, and the lost, and the lonely. And to do that, it's going to take people, but God's got to do it. And God's going to do it through you guys by loving people outside of this building. Amen? Does that make sense? Like, we get so focused on filling the church, we forget about filling the kingdom of heaven. We've got a mission and a call right outside of here. It says on the door, above the outside door, welcome to the mission field. Well, what does that even mean? That means that you and I have been saved for a reason and a purpose, something greater than ourselves. Amen? So whatever's holding you back, whatever's hindering you, whatever it is, give it up to God. Give it up to God so that, it's, so that you can actually start doing what God has called you to do. My gift, my gift, and where I get the most joy is when I know that I've done what God has called me to do. It's not about having fortune. It's not about having fame. It's not about viewership on YouTube or on Facebook or any of that. It's about making a difference. It's about helping at least one person know that they're loved. So if I leave the gas station, I say, God bless you, have a beautiful day. Then I've done part of my job because God does truly call people to be blessed, amen? But what are we doing, church? What are we doing and where are we and how do we do this thing better, yeah? We have a mission. It's to preach the saving power of the gospel message. It's the only thing that saves. It's that heart transformation. So Father God, we love you and we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you are good. You are perfect. Your love endures forever. So, Father God, right now, I just pray a blessing over this congregation, over anybody watching and joining us on Facebook, 
I just pray, Father God, a special anointing and blessing that we would be filled with your spirit, that we would move beyond the fears that we have. We would move beyond the anxiety that we're carrying, Lord God. Would you just break off the chains? Would you break off fear and anxiety? Would you break off the spirit of rejection? Would you break off the spirit of timidity in each and every one of us, Lord God, that we would rise up as your church, as your bride, and we would set this world on fire for the name of Jesus Christ. For it is only by your grace, Lord, that we are saved. Through faith, we have salvation in Jesus. Amen.